Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Well, many of us have known or will know at some point in our life what it is like to watch what we eat. And obviously, this can be done for a whole variety of reasons. You might be watching what you eat because you want to bulk up or slim down or you're responding to uh, some number that you got in a recent doctor's appointment that needs to go up or needs to go down. Uh, You may have foods that clearly your body does not respond well to. So there's entire foods or kinds of foods that you just avoid entirely. And watching what you eat and all for all those various reasons can have good and positive effects. And certainly, if we pay no attention to what we eat, uh, that's going to have negative effects. But today, we're going to see something that Jesus talks about that is even more important than watching what we eat. In fact, that's kind of the context for what he is talking about in Mark 7, 14 through 23. And here, Jesus is going to make it clear there is something more important than what you eat and how you eat it. And we see in uh, verse 14, where he calls the people to him and he's talking about understanding and things that come outside of a person. They do not defile him. Well, what's going on there? Remember the context of yesterday. He got rebuked along with his disciples by the Pharisees for not washing their hands. And we talked about the point of that wasn't so much hygiene. It was more actually about tradition and kind of a spiritual thing that there was some kind of washing of your hands that you had to do not just to be physically clean, but spiritually clean before you ate your food. And Jesus is responding to that line of thinking by really pointing out for his followers, guys, it's not what you eat or whether your hands are washed or not, that is really going to determine what is going on in your souls. It is not what comes from outside that's going to defile. It's going to be what comes out of you that defiles you. And so not only does he talk about the washing of hands here, he then goes on to what they eat. And he says in verse 18, then Are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not into his heart, but his stomach and is expelled? Thus, he declared all foods clean. And so just as an aside, you can thank God for this passage next time you enjoy a nice crispy piece of bacon. But he's saying if you eat with unwashed hands according to this ceremony and tradition, or if you really now he's starting to broaden, you know, if you eat things that were formerly considered unclean, clearly there's a discontinuity there between what was expected of God's people in the Old Testament and what is taught in the New Testament. Testament. And he's saying that those things go into your stomach and they're expelled. Those aren't the things that you need to watch out for the most. You need to watch out for your heart. And that's what he says really in verse 20. He said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him for from within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So there might be some 
health benefits to watching what you eat. But we want to see what is more important is watching your heart and what is coming out of your heart. Now, a few comments on this. One, we even need to think about this whole concept of what comes in is not what defiles, but what comes out. Uh, Let's not take that principle too far because notice from what the context of what Jesus is saying here, he's talking about food. And he's talking about what they eat. He's talking about the context of this whole traditional hand washing thing. We do need to be careful what we put inside really our souls. Let's not take this verse, which Jesus is talking about something very physical, food, and start to apply it to all kinds of things, uh, like the things that we consume or the media that we use to entertain ourselves, because when we consume things with our eyes, they don't go into our stomach. Uh, they many times worm their way into our hearts, which is what we're supposed to guard and what we are supposed to watch. So we should consider what we watch, what we listen to, the things that we are filling our hearts with. So let's not take something that Jesus is talking about the stomach and try to make it also apply to our hearts. But may we consider the importance of examining our own hearts and really meditating on the state of our own souls. Uh, Over the last week, since I was hanging out in the hospital with my wife, waiting for our youngest son now, baby Watson, to be born, I started reading a book by Thomas Watson, a Puritan pastor from centuries ago, a book on meditation. And he describes in that book things on which a Christian should meditate. And one of the things on that list is meditate on your spiritual state. He says this, Enter into a serious meditation on the state of your souls. While you are meditating on other things, do not forget yourselves as the great work lies at home. It was Solomon's advice, know well the condition of your flocks in Proverbs 27, 23. Much more know the state of your soul. For lack of this meditation, men are like travelers skilled in other countries, but ignorant of their own. So they know other things, but not know, but know not how it goes with their souls, whether they are in a good or bad state. There are few who by holy meditation enter within themselves. And so he's saying we need to examine ourselves, our souls, our hearts. And I think that very much goes along with what Jesus is saying here. We need to watch out for these things in our hearts. And he goes on to describe two reasons why people don't do this. And one is self-guiltiness, that we don't consider our own hearts because we're afraid of what we're going to find there, or more that we know what we're going to find there and it's not going to be good. Or there's presumption, where we just presume and assume that things are just going great. I want to encourage you today to spend some time meditating on your own heart, to watch your heart, to see Do you see the seeds or the beginnings of the fruit of evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, or foolishness? Those are things Jesus is telling us to watch out for. These are the things that are going to come from within and defile a person. So yes, there may be some reason to watch what you eat, but more importantly, watch your heart, watch out for these things, spend some time praying about your heart and even looking to see if you're seeing any beginnings of these things in your heart. And if so, repent, 
of those things. And this is all important because if you are a believer, you must understand that someday you are going to stand before Christ. And we see a little bit about that today as we move on to our other New Testament passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 23. And here we, we see described a kind of judgment that Christians will experience. Now, even that you might set off some alarm bells for you. Wait a minute. Whoa, Christians experiencing judgment. What that that's not right. That's not what the Bible teaches. Is it? Well, this is where we need to be careful because clearly the Bible teaches the Christians are not going to face a punitive judgment of condemnation. As we saw recently in Romans, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But We see here, this is one of the clearest passages, I think, in the New Testament, along with something that we'll see in 2 Corinthians, that Christians will still stand before Christ and there will be some kind of evaluation. And this won't be a determination of whether or not you are saved. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But this will be, in a sense, an evaluation of the works we have done as a Christian that will affect the rewards that we receive in that day and on that day of judgment. And he describes building like a master builder. And he goes on to describe these different things. You know, there's precious stones and gold and silver, and there's also wood, hay, and straw. And it says on in verse 13, and each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If we, the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So there you see really clearly in those last couple of verses, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about heaven or hell, but there is still something even described for a believer as suffering loss on that day. And so This should be further cause for us to examine our own hearts. There is a sense of accountability to God that we should, as Christians, still have. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Our works will be tested and what will be revealed on that day. Well, I think the more we really examine our own hearts now, the more we will be prepared for that examination someday. And again, this is where we need to think carefully as Christians and not lean too far into our own thinking, but trust what the Bible says. Again, there is no condemnation. Clearly, this is not a punitive. This is not a punishment that Christians in any way are going to receive. It seems more that this is an evaluation and rewards that Christians will receive. And we want to be ready for that day, standing before the judgment seat of Christ. Now let's go to 1 Samuel chapters 5 through 8. And where we left off yesterday, the ark had been captured. And again, even as we just consider what God cares about, he didn't care about the the tradition of the Pharisees and whether or not hands were washed. He cared about what was going on in the heart. Well, he... God didn't care that they had brought uh, the Ark of the Covenant into the camp as some kind of good luck charm as that was captured by the Philistines. He cared about their hearts. And we see that very clearly in chapter 7 of today's reading as Samuel really charges the nation to repent. He says in 1 Samuel 7, verse 3, And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, 
Then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. You want to be delivered from the hands of the Philistines? Forget this just tradition or bringing the ark into the camp. Repent. Turn your heart from sin and idolatry and turn it to God. That's what Samuel is saying. And that really complements some of the things we've already seen in our reading today. Other things that we see, it's good to be reminded that God can take care of himself. He doesn't need our help, right? The ark is captured and that seems like a tragedy to us, but clearly God can take care of himself as they put the ark in this uh, temple to their idol, Dagon, uh, for the Philistines. And when they come in in the morning, the idol has fallen over, right? Its head has fallen off. Its hands have fallen off. Clearly God could defend himself. And that's an amazing story there in chapter five of our reading today. So there's a few things that we see in four chapters in 1 Samuel, but we end today by considering Psalm 58. And remember that God can take care of himself. God can take care of us. And in this chapter, it seems that David is lamenting these human rulers, who I think even are referred to here as gods, but it seems from the context, I think that he is talking about those that are exalted among men, but clearly are wicked clearly are perverting justice, and he cries out for God to deal with them. And even we we see strong words that you might not have expected to see in your Bibles today, but look at verses 10 and 11. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. Wow, that's some amazingly strong words in our psalm reading today. But as we think about that, it's good for us to remember God can take care of himself and God can take care of the wickedness that we see in the world. And as we consider how to process psalms like this, because you're like, should I be praying stuff like this? What? Uh, I don't, shouldn't I love my enemies? What's going on here? One thing I think that's maybe helpful in this is David is a king. He is responsible for pursuing justice and even ruling with justice. So when he sees things not going that way, that clearly upsets him. And so I think this is a model for maybe how we should pray, not so much in a personal sense for somebody that you don't like or someone that has personally just wronged you. But even as we look out and we see wickedness and we see true injustice in this world, we cry out for God to deal with it. And God says, no, I will deal with it because if our eyes are open at all, we know that there are seriously wicked things going on all over the world. And it should encourage us to know God is going to judge. And in some ways, we get the joy of seeing God do that here and now. But ultimately, we will celebrate in the end when Christ returns and this judgment is taken care of. And we will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. And so as we think about God and his ability to judge sin, we want to examine our own hearts. One, to make sure our faith is in Christ and we have turned from our sins. And we want to prepare for the day when we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and our works will be evaluated. So you might be watching some of the things that you eat today, but more importantly, let's all of us watch and guard our hearts. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.